quarter to three games podcast for early March 2021. My name is Tom Chick, and I am not playing Project... Uh, wait, my game of the week is not Project Cars 3. This is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Stardew Valley. And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not uh, Forgotten Heroes of, or, you know, some sort of shit for the Forgotten Realms. You just said random video game words, McMaster. <laughs> yeah. My, my game of the week is Fear Crisis 9000 Infinity. Wait, that is or is not your game of the week? Now I'm very confused. No, yeah, it's not, not. Because it okay. doesn't exist, I don't think. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Battle Royale game? I think that's a Battle <laughs> Royale. <laughs> Probably, aren't they all? It's a MOBA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me start off by uh, talking about a game that actually I was I, I don't know why this surprised me I'm plinking around at it and discovered that it had a battle royale mode and I had no idea how I was supposed to play it or what I was supposed to do and I came in out of 37 people I came in 20th place so that's Civ good right yeah. well Civ does have a battle royale mode but this is uh, <laughs> uh, Forza Horizon 4 I, what? I, don't even, I think it, is it called I think it's just called elimination. There's a very prominent panel to play maybe eliminator or something like that. Oh. And you you click on you go to the area that that you're supposed to to initiate the event. You start up the event and there's all this rigmarole about finding players for for you to join. Uh, and I don't think it ever explains what you're about to do and then it just drops you in an area. And you've all got uh, Mini Coopers, I believe. I don't know if the, the different modes change the starting parameters. But you start out in a Mini Cooper, and around the, this area, which is uh, gradually folding in, as Battle Royale modes will do, uh, better cars are being dropped. So you want to go find a better car. Unfortunately, right where I spawned, one of the 8,742 cars that are in Forza Horizon 2 spawned near me. I grabbed it. It was a level 4 car. I don't know what that meant. Uh, mm. And then I drove around and had no idea what to do. Hmm. And every now and then I would get a message that someone was eliminated. So that was good for me. And I drove around some more and eventually realized, oh, there are arrows in the minimap. And I guess they're pointing to the other players who are nearby. So I thought I would go drive up to one and just see what's what. So uh, I tried to catch up with someone. They were going pretty fast, but uh, eventually I was told that I had caught up with a level six car, some kind of Porsche. Oh, shit. Really? And, you were, only only, and you were only level four. Exactly. That so makes I figured, me angry. I, well, I figured it's going to be difficult for me. I, don't, I, I still didn't know what I had to do, but uh, I was told, okay, level four versus level six – go and i was given a destination mm. and it was through woods i mean all of forza horizon 4 is oh. in the Eng english countryside so there's trees everywhere and i caught a glimpse of this guy in his level six porsche and he seemed to be using the roads but i thought you know what if i just move directly towards the finish line Cause oh, it, it, sho it shows you on the mini map head in this direction you'll, you'll hit the finish line so i'm going overland and <laughs> i'm doing pretty well doing that thing where you you realize if you've played a game long enough which obstacles are for real and which obstacles are for fake. Right, and in, sure. In, and it, a lot of when, sometimes it depends on your speed. Um, the window like, dressing, right? Right, exactly. Like if you're going fast enough in Forza Horizon Four, 
you can tear through all those low stone walls that are all over the English countryside. They, I don't, they barely even slow you down. You just go right through them. If you're going to a certain speed as well, a regular sized tree, it'll just break apart when you hit it. Sure. Just so, like real life. Exactly, right. As far as I know, I don't know. Most most of what I know about tree physics I learned from Minecraft. So sure. take that for what it's worth. So I'm driving through the woods. I'm knocking down the trees that I know are the fake obstacles. I'm avoiding the trees that I know are the big obstacles. And it seems like the joke's on this other guy with his level 6 car. I'm going to get there first. But as is wont to happen in the forest, one of the trees did not stay where I thought it was going to stay or something weird happened and suddenly a tree that I thought I wasn't going to hit was right in front of me and I smack dab banged right into it came to a complete screeching halt the car physics in Forza Horizon 4 by the way is it it, it doesn't really have a damage model just every now and then it'll decide okay your your car has to instantly stop uh, but but you know keep driving if you want it'll give you a cracked windshield graphic but doesn't really matter so uh that gave the guy the leg up he needed to reach the finish line before me he did and i was informed that i had been eliminated oh no that's the yeah. worst other than maybe eliminated that's pretty bad too yeah. no so but i came in 20th place so i considered that i beat 17 people wait I beat 16 people, I guess, if I'm 20th. Yeah. So I beat 16 people in uh, Eliminator in Forza Horizon 4. So, you're, I mean, you're pretty much an expert now. I, I, I did get some kind of, like, wheel spin, and I got some credits, and uh -uh. I might have even won a car or something. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Only, like, 8,000 more to go. I, exactly. Right. Well, no, no joke, McMaster. I, I probably have a hundred cars in Forza Horizon 4. Only maybe five of which I've cared enough to drive. And of those five, oh. I can safely say I care about zero of them. Well, it's like <laughs> Gran Turismo. You know, they used to just give you a car every now, and then you're like, why would I want this piece of shit? You know, that's like you go somewhere and they give you an AMC Pacer or something. You know, you're like, get the fuck out of here. Now, McMaster, if you think that's right, McMaster, you, you talk like a guy who hasn't played Forza Horizon 4. Right. Ah, you have not played it. So, Nick, have you played Forza Horizon 4? I have played it. So, what McMaster doesn't realize is you think it's bad being given a car you don't care about, McMaster? McMaster, how would you feel about a cheap trilby? <laughs> what's what's a... Wait, the hat? You know, one of the, one yeah, of the, yeah, one of those hat. hats that, that douchebags wear. I just, apologies to anyone listening who might wear yeah. a trilby. I, I have, mean, you know, I, any douchebags that like us, obviously, are cool douchebags. You shits are awesome, but the otherwise, you know... I, I've seen very few people in this world who can pull off a trilby, I, I will say. Yeah, McMaster, how about some jazzy leggings or uh, common pink trousers? Wait, how about if I, did how you about say if I leggings? Give, yeah, 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 jazzy leggings. Why... why? Would Forza have leggings? Because Forza, being, I guess, a Microsoft joint, really, really, really wants you to care about your avatar. They really want you to care yeah. about it, McMaster. Yeah. They want you to dress it up, and they want you to, to unlock emotes. McMaster, how about if blowing kisses? How do you feel about that? Um, I'll just put it to you this way, though. They're making me want to dress up somebody that's absolutely superfluous that I won't see in the fucking game I'm playing. Oh, oh you you will see. Oh, no, you'll no. see. Yeah, yeah, you'll see all the time. Sorry, McMaster. Well, nice try. You're not going to get out of seeing your avatar because every time something's going to happen, you're going to get 
I guess maybe this is where loading screens should go. You're going to get your avatar standing oh. there doing his his emote while yeah. you're outside of your car. Not even like in the car, like standing outside the car waving or blowing kisses, whatever emote you want. You know, yeah. doing the funky chicken. Dancing doing the, the robot. robot. Yeah, yeah, the robot. The robot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. So good. In my gold yeah. shorts. Gold yeah. shorts <laughs> with a bowler because, you know, you're in England, right? So you got to wear a bowler. Oh, see, Nick is doing the themed thing. Right. Nice. Oh, so good. So good. Meanwhile, I'm wearing a cheap Trilby and Jazzy <laughs> leggings. It really – it feels like to me somebody – because I remember earlier Forza's uh, – Forza Horizons, right? They right. they still had that – it was that weird car music festival theme. Uh, I don't know. Whatever that – oh, it's the Forza Horizon event, right? This yeah. Tournament yeah. So there was a big concert out in the desert or whatever, right? And you know, you're, it, but it was more. It, it seemed like it was more like a uh, extreme sports kind of thing, right? So you kind of, it, it sort of felt like you would turn the corner and see Monster Energy drink stuff everywhere, which that yes. eh, seemed appropriate, right? Whatever. I, I assume again that. In my wide experience, I assume that that's exactly how uh, street racers behave uh, when they go to desert tournaments that are, you know, music raves or whatever. And that is, that's that's bona fide car culture, Nick. Right. Yeah. Bona fide, right? But it felt like somewhere along the way, people at the Forza Horizon factory or <laughs> the developer just figured, well, the folks doing Test Drive Unlimited 2 – like they moved on to the crew and they are no longer doing the douchebags in Ibiza thing. So let's steal that. Right. Let's and, and, take that. <laughs> and and put them in I it, I don't I mean it's it's all English countryside and it's not even for for the for an open world I was pretty dismayed at how small it is. And I guess my point of comparison is the crew. Um but it's just like the middle section of England. I don't guess – like, Nick, does it ever – you don't go down to London or anything, do you? No, no. It, it it does feel small. I don't know what it is about it, if it's just the geometry of the levels or maybe how fast it you go around in it. But it just – it doesn't feel very large for an yeah. open-world driver. And then uh, there's really – it, it it feels very sterile as well. I mean, like, I don't know. I, dr I drive around England, and I think, wow, this doesn't seem proper. <laughs> like, tearing around the American Southwest desert, you know, with Monster Energy drinks in my souped-up Toyota or whatever, feels appropriate. Right. It feels like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what, what should happen, right? I'm a douchebag. I... I'm tearing up the countryside right in the desert, not giving a shit about the environment or whatever, and just being a douche in my car. In the country, of, you know, in the countryside of England, slamming through hedgerows and blasting through the little, you know, the like the faux Hadrian's Wall that they have everywhere. I just I feel like this is super dick. Well, and the thing is, when you do get to, in the upper right-hand corner of, of the map, their, I guess it's their urban biome, uh, it's just Edinburgh, and, or uh, in Scotland, and it's yeah. just, it's all, it's very lovely and picturesque, and there's a, there's some nice nods to architecture there, but it's not the kind of place that, I, like, it, it does feel, like you said, wrong, uh, 
Like, this would be maybe cool if it was one element of a bunch of different biomes, but this is all there is. And and I, I, I think back to having played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where they did a lot of really cool stuff for the English countryside, and they made it look super idyllic, and they put villages and farms and, and abbeys and whatnot there, and and it just had a sense of character. And this just really does feel like B-side terrain biome. Um, and I, I just don't really... It kills the exploration, for one thing. Because uh, I haven't found... You explore one corner of the map, it looks like any other corner. And I think one of the things they eventually did was they added as DLC, paid DLC, this Stormy Island thing. Uh, and there's even a Lego world that you can go to. And there's separate oh, loading screens. Wow. Like you have to, you have to go to it's a whole new open world and it's even smaller than England but they're like different pocket dimensions kind of and they have different kinds of challenges um, but it's sort of like they didn't really they realized okay there's not much to do with this English countryside so we've got to build different new kinds of levels with different progression schemes um, and that's their DLC is leaving the boring area <laughs> and going to places that seem more exciting um, Nick do you know about so one of the things you can see them do, are, I think these are called showcase events, and they'll have you race uh, a hovercraft or a train or a jet, yeah. and it's really – you're just driving a route, and then it'll have as a scripted event like the jet fly over or the train cross the road on the track or the the hovercraft go crashing through the barricades and it all feels very scripted and as you're getting towards the finish line it kind of it sets up just as the train is getting there you're getting there too and you can feel the animation too like kind of sandbagging it because it wants to let you win uh and <laughs> and and it seems like this is their attempt to make something spectacular and dramatic is just this scripted ridiculous race and that's how they made england exciting is they flew a big old jet over it there's a there's a great uh you know, little bit of little bit of corporate synergy uh going on i don't know if you've hit it tom but there's one where you can oh the halo yeah you can drive I, the uh the halo warthog, warthog. Through the countryside of england right i thought you wanted I thought you would race against it because I actually saw that. And uh, apologies to folks listening. I don't. In case this isn't clear, by the way, I loathe this game. So, but so so that that's just as a that's just as a lead into what I'm going to say. But I saw that Halo thing, and I knew exactly what it was going to be, like a race against a warthog. I didn't know you drove it, but I saw that, and I just flipped it the bird, and I was like, you know, fuck you. I'm not going over there. I'm not going to go even look at that icon and what it is. Oh, I have so no cheesy. desire to, to uh, engage in that. It's uh, so cheesy. It's the it's the same deal. You, you, you drive the warthog around through the countryside, and then uh, along the side of the road, instead of... Uh, like the fireworks going off, right? As you right. drive through certain checkpoints, instead of fireworks, it's the uh, earth exploding. Little, no, it's the little turret sets for the covenant, right? So they're, they're firing the air, pew 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 pew. And then as you drive along, the you know the the iconic pelican comes zoom, zooming down over you, oh, just like yeah. jet does. Yeah, so you get you the pelican what? flying over you. Woo! 
Nick, I think they give that away with the icon for the event. That's what I recognized. Uh, is that it, it? Is that they show that the pelican is is the thing you're you're gonna race, or, or it's gonna be part of the race? Yeah, yeah. good. It's good, Tom. You you gotta do it. <laughs> So here's my problem. I don't. I don't mind. The, you know, boring countryside. Whatever. If there, here. Here's what kills it for me. I, I've been playing, and still am. In fact, a lot of Project Cars Three because I really like the progression mechanic. Um, and Project Cars Three is different from Horizon Four in that I, I see a distinction between a driving game and a racing game. A driving game is something like Horizon Four where you just get in the cars and you drive them and progress happens. And they can both be car PGs, by the way, which is the case here. Project Cars 3, Horizon 4 are both car PGs in that you're progressing, you're leveling up your cars instead of characters. Um, a lot of what pulls you through the game is this RPG progression mechanic. But Horizon is all about driving different places. In a good open world car PG, like the crew, for instance, um, you drive around and you explore, uh, you have different kinds of events, um, and you have a progression track. But what, it, 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 whereas in a racing game, it's all about learning tracks and reducing your time, shaving a few seconds off of a lap. If you care about that, it's a racing game. If you don't care so much about that, it's a driving game. Uh, so, Project Cars 3 is a racing car PG with a solid progression mechanic, whereas Horizon 4 is an open-world driving car PG with, and here's my main problem, a terrible progression mechanic. And this has been a problem since Horizon 2. And I recalled this vividly as I was playing 4. Because I've spent uh, probably about 6-7 hours in 4. I'm level 30, I've got a, a, at least 100 cars, and I've got like 5 million credits and no desire to spend it on anything. And you have two tracks of progression in there. And one of them is credits, is money. And boy, this economy is based on how many cars they give you and how when you play the game, you can pretty much use any car you want for any event. There are very few events that steer you to specific cars, which is one so of the broken. brilliant... It's so broken. And that's one of the <laughs> things that, that Project Cars 3 does so well is it encourages you to use different cars on different tracks. And in order to use it, you, of course, have to buy the car. And so that's part of the, the progression mechanic, is you need money to buy cars to do events. Here, you don't need money. It's constantly throwing cars at you. It's, 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 it's got a fire hose of cars just focused on you. You turn your head, and you've got five new cars you don't care about. So the progression in this game is not the money. Because I also, here's another thing. Uh, I don't know where this is from. I don't know how I got it, but I've got some VIP bonus going. And I don't know if it's because I bought some special edition or something, but after any event, I'm told, hey, you won 2,000 credits for the event. You won uh, 500 credits for driving well, like for skills or whatever. And we're just going to double your winnings for the VIP bonus. I have no idea why I've got that or how long it's going to last. Uh, I don't even want it. It's the sort of thing. Even and by the way, I say I've got a hundred. Why don't you cars. want it? You're a VIP, Tom. I know. You would think I've got a hundred cars. I've also got literally a hundred free cars, and the only reason I haven't unlocked them 
is, and I timed this, is if I'm looking at the store and I see a car that says free because it's part of some dumbass James Bond pack or whatever that I also seem to have accidentally gotten, uh, if I see that car and I'm like, okay, I want that, the moment, the, the time it takes for me to click on the car where it says this is a free car and to be able to be driving the car because it goes through an animation of here's your car, here's it being unlocked, here's where you can take a picture of it. Uh, like it, it walks you through all these steps. It takes 47 seconds between buying a car and having it drivable in your garage. And literally 100 free cars are in my copy of Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> I am not going to sit there for the time it would take. I mean, that's 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 an hour of time that it would take for me to unlock all of those, to add all those cars to my garage, uh, and that's just absurd. And and that speaks to the broken progression mechanic. Is I don't care about any of these cars. The game does nothing to encourage me to use different cars, um, because there are so many different cars, and because. The, the driving is super arcadey. Very few of them have any personality. Um, so much of the trash that's in the progression mechanic is... What are you expecting here? Herbie or something? I, I mean, different cars drive different ways, McMaster. I mean, that's part of the... You know, they've got different kinds of cars. They've got, like, supercars. They've got open-wheel racers. They've got stock cars. They've got GT cars. They've got rally cars. There are dirt events here. Um, and... I just don't feel like the driving model really cares about the differences amongst the cars. Here's the deal. There's nothing to encourage me to experience different cars in different ways. Uh, because when you start a race, and this is weird to me, when I start a race in Forza Horizon 4, I am given the option to create a blueprint. Or I can start a race based on a category. Or there's a couple other things I can do. But if I start a blueprint then it lets me pick the race is just a route really it lets me pick what kinds of cars i want to compete in the event like do i want them to be all italian cars do i want them all in class c do i want them all front wheel drive like i decide what category of cars are going to be in that race and then the race happens now when i play project cars 3 it curates that stuff for me a race is an event it is a specific car or type of car or category it is a specific track it is a specific condition like weather or darkness um in forza horizon 4 i decide all of that it's sort of like they don't want to create any experiences for me they just kind of shrug and they go uh you know what make your own fun if you just want to drive hypercars and everything, you know what? Go for it. Take this super – you've got you've got four or five super expensive Lamborghinis. Just pick one of those. Use it the whole game if you want. Or don't. Use a different car every time. Um, I, it, it just – I really feel like it's just a ton of junk heaped into this game, and I can sift through it or not as I feel like it. And stuff progresses, and there's nothing in the progression track that I want. I don't care about money. I don't care about the influence that, that levels you up. I don't care what level I am. Uh, and I just I see no reason to play it. Uh, it's just it's horrible. So, uh, Nick, what do you think of Forza Horizon 4? <laughs> uh, it, uh, it... But, but, 
push back because I mean, some people love this, Nick. At least be devil's advocate. What am I missing? Why do people love Forza Horizon 4? If you are into, I would say if you are into collecting a bunch of virtual cars mm-hmm. and painting those cars the way you would like them painted and uh, and you know putting a livery on them then Forza Horizon 4 is probably going to be your best jam why i mean i why do people want to collect virtual cars with paint jobs on them when there's really nothing meaningful you can do with it yeah people love that though they love that cosmetic aspect of like sharing the paints and doing the paints and <laughs> I, I mean if you open up that that in-game paint sharing system right it, it is endless what? endless amounts of crazy paints right paint sharing system oh yeah there's like a whole in-game marketplace where you can share and sell your paints for your car you don't sell them for money you sell them for influence the in-game oh, influence. Na- naturally yeah yeah of course um but yeah that's the other McMaster. that's the other progression mechanic one of them is money which is incredibly broken uh and the other is influence yeah yeah but people people do all sorts of crazy things with them right because they're you know it's not just you know oh i want to paint my car green or i want to paint my car two-tone or have a stripe down the middle or whatever i mean i'm talking people will use the in-game editors, which originally were not built for this at all. Uh, they'll use the editors to, you know, take primary shapes, a million, no exaggeration, primary shapes, and they will recreate movie scenes on the sides of cars. Like, they'll just build them out of, like, tiny, tiny triangles and tiny, tiny circles. <laughs> Nick, I can't help but think when you describe that, because you're right, that is a big part of the appeal of Forza, uh, is people drive around the 70s with tacky paintings on the side of their vans. Oh, oh, so many of those. Yeah, you can you can find totally those, awesome. those paintings. You know, the Aztec guy with the, with the chick and the pyramid and the dragon with, like, a sexy bikini babe. Like, oh, there's tons babe. of that stuff in that marketplace. It was tacky in the 70s, and it's still tacky today. Yeah. <laughs> People love that though. People really do. I I will say this. I don't think I've met a single person online that cared one bit about the character cosmetics that you mentioned. You know, stuff like the stupid oh, right. clothing and the emotes and stuff. I don't think anybody cares for any of that stuff. That's not a thing. I I have no idea why Microsoft thinks that's going to become a thing. Um, but the well, car stuff, oof, that community goes nuts for the car painting. I, I will say it did seem like, uh, you know, it was easy to get into multiplayer events. Like it was, uh, there, there are plenty of people online and, oh, this is what drove me crazy, by the way. So in a, in a driving game, and it used to be this way with flight simulators when I played them, uh, frame rate above all else. Like, I don't, I love it if it looks, a good looking game is fine, I'm okay with that, but I would much rather dial the graphics down in order to get a smooth frame rate. And it took me a while to get that right in Project Cars 3, and I'm comfortable with where it is now. It's it's apparently not a very good engine, but I'm happy with where I, the the trade-off between how good it looks and how smoothly it runs. Uh, So it took me a while to get that in Forza Horizon 4. 
And what I eventually realized was happening, because I ended up, and I've got a good video card, I've got a decent computer, I ended up turning the graphics all the way down. And I was still getting weird little hitches. And what I realized is I think it's an online thing because they want you to be it's an open world and you see other players driving around and they're, they're, you see their labels on the mini map. Uh, and, and I think I was getting some weird connectivity hitching that messed up my, my – and, and it, it wasn't a big deal, but it was enough that I would notice it. And it drove me crazy. I hated it. Um, so I ended up turning the graphics back up, but I don't want an online feature for my game if it's going to – and especially driving around the the festival hubs, by the way, because that's where it spawns players a lot of times, I think, when they come back from events or, or, or whatever. Uh, so I – it doesn't. It, it it looks fine. I mean, whatever. It's a, a decent engine, I'm sure. But I don't need it to be online. Although I guess the upside is, if I wanted to jump into multiplayer events and play this battle royale mode, it seems like that's constantly available. Um, so, Nick, what level are you in Forza Horizon Four? Uh, I think I'm around eighty. What? So, yeah, I've, I've played <laughs> quite a bit. Of it. Wait a minute. Well, what? You, you've got some explaining to do. I mean, I, you must then like collecting cars and painting them. No, not particularly. No, I don't really have much affinity for the cars. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't care for the creative stuff. At least I don't do it. Uh, it's kind of a waste of time. I just. Uh, I think I just like, uh, like you said, just ambling around the countryside. Just driving around. One of the things that I was excited about when I discovered it, but once I realized... Well, Test Drive did this, or Test Drive 2 maybe, but it gave you all of these tracks of advancement. Um, one of them was like, uh, I forget the specifics, but like taking pictures or having a certain number of cars or participating in online events or winning races. And there was a progression track for each of those activities. And it takes a lot of digging around in Forza Horizon 4 to really, really figure out what, what's going on. But one of the things I eventually figured out is all of these activities have, I think it's called a, a, a player card. And your card is your level in that activity. And each activity goes up to something like level 25. Um, and as you do an event, the influence you earn in that event is applied to this card. So if you do a lot of um, just road racing, which is what I was mainly doing because I was comparing it to Project Cars, uh, if you do a lot of road racing, you're going to level up that road racing card. And I like that idea. Like if I wanted to do dirt racing or if I wanted to do um, stunts, like there are things there, or if I wanted to collect these signs that you break through and uh, they're just collectibles around England or also taking pictures. Like whichever one of these tracks, I could pick one of those and progress in that. But what killed it for me, Nick, was opening up that little progression track, that card, and seeing what things I was going to be rewarded with as I moved along this track. And early on, it unlocks new events. So if I want to do road racing, it's only a couple of them available. But then as I level up that road racing track, it adds new events. Cool. Oh, I, know I like this that. <laughs> But then, after about level 5 out of 25, all of the road racing events are unlocked. There's maybe like one at level 20, I think. 
and the rest of it is you unlock cosmetics and horns and emotes more spins Uh, on the wheel (laughs) exactly those wheel spins and wheel spins are so dumb because a wheel spin can get you a car which i don't care about it can get me money which i care about even less than the car and a lot of times you earn more money than any given car is going to generally cost (laughs) uh or you earn uh jazzy leggings you know a cosmetic for your avatar like any one of those things as far as i can tell uh, you know, slot machines have a way of cheating things. But as far as I can tell, when you spin that little wheel, you've got an equal chance of getting the jazzy leggings or some $3 million Pagani sports car. And that's insane. And that's one of the things you unlock along the tracks is a spin on the wheel. Oh, so many. So many <sighs> spins. I, I can't even tell you how many uh, musical horns I have unlocked. And it's... <laughs> God, I haven't even looked up how to... Uh, like slot a horn yeah, that's another terrible. thing too with the interface does does microsoft they don't make the connect anymore do they no why now i get so forza horizon 4 just came out on steam i guess it's been out a year or so for the microsoft store and, and the xbox but why does the interface look like it's for still for connect because it's all these big panels and the size of the panel is prioritized by the importance of the panel it, it really does feel like something for an iPad or some touchscreen or, you know, Microsoft Surface or, or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I think they're trying to mimic, like, swiping on your phone screen when you do things. God, that is really – it's so annoying with a controller. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it's weird with a controller, yeah. All the, all the little info blocks, like, on your screen. Yeah, and yeah. Little weird sliding tiles everywhere. It's – yeah, it's weird looking. <laughs> Well, wow, Nick. So you actually like it's. It sounds like you kind of like Forza, and I'm not. I'm not trying to shame you or anything, but I, know, I, do, just... I do kind of like it as a as kind of an I'm idle. Trying to shame you. Yeah, as kind of, <laughs> as kind of an idle, uh, very low, uh, low effort, very casual kind of experience. It. Um, I I will say that it it offers very little friction. Yeah, sure. Play, that's true. Right? Like, yeah. like you were saying, there's, there's. If you just want to drive around and not have much of a goal at all, other than just wasting time, Forza's got you covered. <laughs> have you played the crew, Nick? I have. Yeah, crew and crew too. Well, I. This so is the question that I would wonder: is why would you play Forza Horizon Four and not the crew? Like, like, do you feel like you've seen everything that you want to see in the crew, or uh, do you do you like the graphics engine in Forza Horizon 4 better? Because that would that was my overwhelming takeaway is if I wanted to play a, a driving RPG, a car RPG, uh, there's no reason for me to play Forza Horizon 4 over over the crew, the original crew. Right. Yeah, the original crew is really good. Um, I I fired it up I think in December-ish. Uh, just just because I had forgotten uh, what it was like compared to the crew two, and it was a little depressing because it was oh. very empty and sad oh. <laughs> because nobody's really playing it. I mean, right. you know, Ubisoft is you know basically encouraging everyone to play the crew two, but I detest the crew two. Oh, yeah, I can't play that thing. <laughs> uh, all right, McMaster, what's your where do you stand on driving games? Why aren't you playing Forza Horizon four? 
Man, I don't really like driving games. There's not enough tree punching. <laughs> All right, well, McMaster, I know you've been playing a game that involves going around in a circle. Uh, what is that? And if, if you like that, why won't you play driving games? Um, I do like it. Uh, it's a game called Loop Hero, and it's about looping and heroing. And uh, you don't have to worry about brake pads. That's one reason. Uh, I uh, like when I played Gran Turismo. I think my favorite thing was to get the fastest car that I could and get on a circular map and just slide around the map. You know, because you could just hit the wall in Turismo. And right. if your car is fast enough, man. Nah, anyway. Um, so Loop Hero is a interesting take on, in my opinion, the clicker uh, kind of genre. Where you play a character that starts on a little, basically a road that goes around and around. And you get a handful of cards and as the or you get cards and as the game goes on you get more cards and you use those cards to place terrain uh, for the character they come in different types some of them give you rewards some of them give you boosts some of them are enemies so for instance if you uh, you can get forest cards or grove i think is what they're called and you place those down and wolves can spawn in there and your little dude goes through and fights them so the character you really don't do much because everything in the game just kind of runs. What you end up doing, other than placing the cards around the map, is you equip your character who is just auto-battling everything that he comes up against uh, on a circuit around the map. And as you kill things and things get tougher, you get more equipment. And eventually, if you place enough cards to fill up uh, a bar at the top of the map to kind of reconstruct the countryside enough then you get to fight the boss of that area and if you win then that's awesome and what if you die in this game well you get to keep some of the stuff you got uh, okay let's <clears throat> let's explain that so when you start out in the game you are in a small settlement and in this settlement, uh, there are other people that are uh, kind of trapped. It's like a refugee camp for uh, for the world disappearing, which is the overall idea of Loop Heroes, that the world is, is disappearing and you're reconstructing it as you're going around in these circles and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so when you die in this game, you just kind of go back, you take some of the stuff that you've... Uh, that you've acquired and you can use that to build elements of a base camp that you have that give you little bonuses and unlock different classes as you start out with only the fighter. Um, if you're going around the circle and you decide that you're going to die and you want to take more stuff, then you can retreat instead of die as well is, is the other option or win. So there's three options. I think, that, I, I think retreating just kills you, doesn't it? Maybe yeah. it doesn't, because I've never retreated, McMaster. What do you think of that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Nick, have you played this, by the way? Are you are you in the... Because the, Loop Hero, I think, is doing very well for itself. Have you tried it? It is. I Yeah, I, I have tried Loop Hero. Um, I've, I've defeated the first boss. 
I will say that. I've McMaster, not you've, you've beat the lich, haven't you, McMaster? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I would shame you for that. I'm not going to shame Nick for playing 80 hours of Forza Horizon 4, but if you haven't beat the lich yet, come on, McMaster. <sighs> yeah, don't uh, even start <laughs> with me. <laughs> so, McMaster, yeah, you call it, you compare it to idle clickers, but I kind of want to take issue with that because I think it's easy to think of it that way at, at first. It, the thing about Loop Hero, and this is what really drew me into it, is it's a game that doesn't really reveal itself at first. It wants you, it wants to show you this very simple premise. The guy's just going around a loop and he's killing dumb slimes, and every now right. and then the slimes will drop a card. And then it wants you to sort of figure out what to do with the cards. It does. It never. It'll have That's some true. little. It'll have some little like vague backstory stuff, but it doesn't really have a tutorial. It's one of those games right. that wants you to figure it out, and that's part of the game because I, I want to take issue with you calling it an idle clicker, McMaster, because it does seem like that at first because your guy isn't interacting. Like, you have no meaningful interaction with your dude as he is fighting. Um, right. Your meaningful interaction, and I think it's hugely meaningful, especially... Especially as you learn the game, is what you do with these cards. Because they all build something on the map, which begins right. as just a, a circuit. Uh, and McMaster, you mentioned that they, they add monsters, which they do, but only by virtue of monsters coming with certain types of terrain. Um, right. And some of the terrain lays over the track, some of it is adjacent to the track, some of it can be anywhere on the map that you want. So, for instance, one of the things that you do, and the game never tells you this, uh, you have to stumble into it. And I think there's a lot of moments like this in Loop Hero where you stumble into synergies between the cards that are not documented, but that are there because they want you to experiment and to learn them. And I think if you were to go to the Loop Hero wiki, I don't doubt it exists, uh, you would probably deprive yourself of a lot of the joy of what is in this game. Um, because one of the cards that can unlock is a mountain. And you put yep. a mountain down, and a mountain just gives your dude uh, more hit points. That's all you know when you get it. And mountains that are touching each other uh, improve each other. So one mountain gives you five hit points additional, which is good because your dude needs them to survive. If you put another mountain next to it, it's going to be plus five per adjacent mountain. So now each mountain, instead of giving you five hit points, it's giving you ten hit points. So great. Right. So you learn that. But then you start clustering mountains together, and if you ever get a mountain completely yeah. surrounded by other mountains or rocks, the whole block transforms into, I, don't, I forget what it's called, like a mountain peak or something, and you get a ton of resources, but more importantly, now it is spawning something called a harpy. And yep. a harpy randomly flies somewhere on the track, and she's a pretty tough enemy, but, you know, you... You're earning cards from her. You don't earn XP in this game. You earn uh, cards and loot from the monsters you kill. Right. Um, so I feel like what then you learn in the game is, okay, do I want to save my mountain cards and, and cluster them together for a harpy, or do I want to do something else with them? And uh, and I think... There's other stuff, too, and uh, exactly. I'm familiar with that. You're right, yeah. And, and I think that discovery and ultimately choice is true of pretty much all the cards in the game uh, which is why it's a it's a deck builder before you start a run you take and i don't know if this parameter changes but for me you take between seven and 13 cards uh seven and you pick 
12. 7 and 12, right, so you can't have 13. Yeah. Uh, and those are the cards you're using for that run. And at first, right. that's all the cards you got. But eventually, you start building stuff in your camp. It gives you more cards, and then you've built a little deck. You know, do you want do you want to have mountains this time? Um, it's like so, you know how I don't like spiders, so I took the spiders. Right. See, yeah. Uh, mm, F those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. McMaster, have you figured out uh, the road lanterns? Because that that was a huge. So the two things that. Uh, eventually got me past the Lich, and I can beat him pretty much every time now, uh, were the Road Lanterns and the Meadows. Do you know what they do? Well, I know, I mean, the Road Lanterns, I know what the card literally does. Yeah, it slows down the progression all, all around them. Well, kind of, yeah, yeah. Monster uh, progression, I mean, like the, yeah. So, right, so any given square can have four monsters in it. And if they're just, and, and the thing is, monsters will pile up because in addition to going around in a loop, that's one of the, the games uh, when you're playing, when you're doing a, an expedition. Each time you go around a loop, the monsters level up. So those just right. boring little slimes, the first time they're level one, the second time they're level two. So everything is getting harder as you're going around the loop. But as you're dropping things, they spawn monsters not per loop, but per day, and the day is a little artificial unit of time. Going around the loop once can be you right. know, five or six days. So the the spawning, like if McMaster drops down a spider cocoon, it's going to spawn a spider every day in the space in front of it, which early on, no big deal. Um, but as you're playing, eventually it's going to take you long enough because you pause and you have a battle when, when you're when you're going around the loop that by the time you get around in that spider cocoon, there's going to be four spiders there. And they have leveled along with you. Like as, as on the third right. loop, they're level three spiders. And four spiders is nothing to sneeze at. So one of the cards is a road beacon. And a road beacon, you put adjacent to the road, and on any adjacent road tile, it reduces the maximum number of creatures, which is four, by one. And they overlap. The, the road beacons. So they're basically lanterns. So if you put them on either side of the road, then the maximum monsters on that stretch of three road is going to be two monsters per space. And right. that's eminently manageable. Uh, right. If you find a little U, and the, the little roads are procedurally generated, if you find a little perfect U, like a cul-de-sac, you can have you the road... You get like five squares. Yeah. Exactly, right. <laughs> so what, what you can <laughs> do you is want. you end up necessarily making the track more dangerous for you in order to play the cards to get the lich out and beat the level uh but there are some cards that mitigate that so figuring out how to use those road beacons to keep those stacks from four to three eventually to two you can even get some points where you got really difficult monsters and you make sure there's only ever one there um so the yeah. road beacons is one uh and uh did you figure out meadows I mean, it depends on what you mean. Like, do you mean stacking so, them around stuff, or are you talking about... Well, so, no, so just go ahead. A, a meadow is a card, and the card tells you... The card does give you a little bit of information about what it does. It says meadow uh, earn Elf, two points right. every day. So in the right. morning, uh, when the little day track fills up, there's a rooster sound. If you've built a bunch of meadows, you are healing health in the middle of your run, which is great. Which is where villages come into play. But did you figure out how to make meadows give you three hit points per day instead of two? Um, 
Oh, the only thing that I've I know for sure about meadows that I figured out so far is that you can stack them around like treasuries to well, make you, them. Yes, exactly. And if you put a meadow next to something that's not a meadow, it's a it, it's called a blooming it's, meadow, and it right, gives you exactly. three. So so you want oh. your mountains in blocks in order to make that like harpy. Uh, tower because that also mm-hmm. gives you a ton of resources and you want your meadows adjacent to other things because they're then more effective at, at giving you healing right um, right um, i kind of sometimes do like a snake pattern with the mountains after i've made you know a right a larger mountain you know just kind of like keep a meadow in between two and just move them down the map that well, kind of thing and part of it, and this is where I really like this gameplay system, the mountains give you additional maximum hit points. They don't right. actually heal you. So at a certain point, getting clusters of mountains together isn't really helping you because I'm not healing back up. Whenever you hit the, the campfire after a loop, you heal 30% yeah. of your health. Um, right. And at a certain point, you know, if I'm just making big old mountain ranges, I'm never going to fill up the hit points that much anyway. Um, right. So... Uh, have you figured out crafting and supply yet? They may um, not even be unlocked for you because it takes building certain buildings. I, Loop Hero does require a, a bit of, I would characterize it as grinding to unlock some of the stuff. Oh so yeah, you may no, not have I, this yet. I have. What have I unlocked? I've unlocked the thief. Um, the, he's fun. Yeah, like the, the rogue. Yeah. Yeah, I like that guy. He's pretty good. And um, I have farm and... Uh, well, you would you know, know if you had crafting and supply because it, it it's one of those things, too, where it just... Well, I get pair potions. <laughs> potions, I don't quite have a... Like, they, they heal you up for so little. I'm not clear on when he uses them. Uh, yeah, potions are yeah, still a bit of a Yeah, it's a strange one. He kind of, like, he kind of, like, uses them just, like... I never notice them getting used. Like, I'm with you on that. It's like, I'll just look over there and they're gone. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the thing <laughs> is, they heal a potion, at least where I am, and you can level up the part of your base. You can improve elements of the game. Like, I just leveled up my campfire. So now I'm healing 38% of my health every run instead of 30%, and that's huge. Um, the potions start out only healing... You can only carry... I think three. two. I'm at three now, but I think you start carrying two. And they heal 4% of your health, which uh, is just so minimal. And it's not like he drinks it when he's about to die. Like, he'll drink it whenever. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, know what just, makes him freak just out. Just for the hell of it, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird when you see the potion disappear. Like, I've, I've watched it, and it, dis- it he's used it when, like, he's had, had you know, more than half right. of his health. And, and I'm like, and even well, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> Because the tooltip even says he'll drink it when he's in fear of his life. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you had 500 hit points left. <laughs> like, guy, what are you doing? Have you ever played an RPG before? Right. What are you doing? <laughs> so I imagine, though, and I, I've, I have seen some things with potions where obviously there's more to the system than, than I can see at this point. Uh, but I, I find that kind of thing. I, I love unlockable game mechanics. Especially when I feel like they're there for me to discover, uh, rather than okay, you'd have to hit this story beat, or you've just got to play for you know two more hours. Like right now, any building, and I, I'm at the point where I play an expedition, and then I have to choose between one of maybe four buildings I can build or upgrades I can do to existing buildings, and each one I know is introducing new gameplay mechanics. Um, like I just unlocked crafting. Like, I'm building now uh, furniture and stuff for my people. Uh, 
Nick, do you have furniture yet? I I do, I do. I because well, go I'll, ahead. I'll go let ahead. you keep talking. But I was gonna say that there is one thing I don't care for <laughs> in Loop no, what, Hero. What do you not care for? I I dislike that it takes so long to get to the in-game encyclopedia. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen that up there. Uh, I forget what it's... It might even be called the encyclopedia, yeah. Yeah, No, it it, that's like way up there on the tech tree, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. Because is, for me, right, you talk about... So in your initial runs, you have those loops that you're doing. And, you know, before you even defeat the first boss, the Lich, right, There's mm-hmm. they're pretty simple, right? You're, you've got your choice of spiders or goblins or, you know, you, you get to the villages and stuff like that where you, you fight bandits or whatever. They're right. very simple loops. You, you probably haven't figured out all the synergies or whatever. But after each loop, you're, you're still doing that thing where you go into the your settlement screen, right? You're trying to build up settlement stuff. And in the menu, they've got this interface where it's like, yeah, you need these particular resource bits that you would gather on your loop to create, like, let's say a farm or whatever, right? Right. And I look at that when I, you know, the first couple loops I did, and I'm like, I have no freaking idea what icons those are. Because part of it is it's the pixel art. Yeah. So it's part of it is I, I literally cannot tell what it's supposed to be. And then the other part is there's so many of them. That I'm just like, I is that a stick? Is that a piece of iron? I don't, I don't know what it like. You hover over it, it doesn't tell you, right? There's no there's no text to tell you. It like, only oh, tells you in thing. a very in a very specific <laughs> spot. Will it tell you? But where, right. where, like when you need to build stuff, it's, you're locked out. Like you can't look at tooltips there. It's it, right. it's where you most need to know. Wait, what is that icon? That there's no tooltip for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so it's so annoying. Like it's, for me, it was. I had to let that go. I had to really swallow, like, my instinct and just let that part of it go for a while where, right. you know, it wouldn't bug me. Because otherwise, I was just like, I I want to know what I'm supposed to be working towards. Why can I not figure this out? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm the same. Like, and is that in the encyclopedia, by the way? Did that end up answering all the questions or you haven't got the encyclopedia yet? No, I haven't gotten the encyclopedia yet, okay. but I know that the encyclopedia is what I need to get to. But right. I, I refuse to go to a wiki on this game. I right. don't want to go to a wiki. <laughs> I, I have started to figure out, like, obviously, um, you can see things like, like the mountains giving you rock and, and ten little rocks become a stone. And groves will give you a branch, ten branches become a wood. Uh, like, some stuff like that is pretty obvious. But then there are things like uh, orbs of evolution. Like, I really need those for pretty much everything at this point. And I eventually figured out the way you get them is whenever you change a card, whenever a terrain changes from something to something else, you get like a fragment of change. And then ten of those become an orb of metamorphosis. And uh, so it, it it's pretty inscrutable at first, but you, you eventually start to see some rhyme and reason there. Uh McMaster, have you played the or the rogue yet? You have played her? <clears throat> yeah, I have a little bit, yeah. So what what are your thoughts on the loot chase? Um like the gear and stuff. Well I don't know. There there came a certain point with me when I started playing the game where I thought, oh, I'm gonna try to put together 
different stuff to make like oh i got so much like vampirism or so much regen per second and everything and you know what it turns out is you should just upgrade to the highest level shit you have as quickly as possible most of the time is what i found i I do wonder about that because i definitely i've had some luck doing things like in some of the skills your character eventually you unlock leveling up as you're playing and and when you level up you get to pick a skill and some of the skills clearly do want you to have a specific type of build um so i've had a little bit of luck with that but it seems like i can do just as easily slotting the best the highest level equipment i've got and that was kind of like i don't know i guess maybe i had too much faith in in (laughs) like there being something uh, there like when it came to like you know trying to actually build equipment up uh in certain stats and stuff uh, but yeah it was just kind of like well uh the the run that i <clears throat> you know i didn't win on my first try i won one like i don't know a few tries down the road and it was like the one that i went on was like yeah just put the highest level crap you can on and uh keep everything under a, a light you know road light and uh, eventually you'll not lose enough health to get to the lich. Right. Uh, Other than, I, I will say evasion is a really good uh, statistic, though, because it seems to go off a lot. Uh, evasion with counter. There's a, there's a skill called somersault, where every time you do an evade, it then has a chance to trigger a counter, uh, which is a counter Oh, nice. Huh. Uh, and that's that's one of the runs where I think I did the best and ended up beating the Lich. And after you beat the Lich, by the way, you can keep playing because uh, you've, you've created this track, and you might want to keep running along the track and see Wait. how long you can last. What? How long did it take you to kill the Lich? Um, I mean, you had rogue and stuff? No, no, I, did, I unlocked the road oh, after okay. I, beat the, I beat the Lich. Oh, the right, right. You can go back and play the Lich as many times as you want. Okay, right, right. Oh, right. you'll have to. You'll, I, I think you'll have to. I mean, I'm on. the cool thing is on Chapter 2, it starts adding uh, unique abilities to the different monsters, and I love that. I, I love when, like, for instance, vampires are in the basic game, and they, of course, have vampirism, and they give vampirism to other enemies. Pretty straightforward. But when you go to Chapter 2... On the first loop, you know, if you add a vampire mansion, it'll add a vampire to adjacent battles. Vampires uh, piggyback onto other monsters' battles. Uh, it's the same vampire. A level one vampire in chapter one is the same as level two. It's the same as a chapter. A level one vampire is the same in chapter one and chapter two. But the difference in chapter two is each creature now has a unique special ability. So, whereas chapter one vampires just have vampirism, chapter two vampires have vampirism, and when they hit half health, they summon a swarm of bats, and the bats have their own special ability. So I love how the monsters have even more character and more abilities, and you get greater rewards uh, in chapter two. Uh, But I haven't been able to make much progress in chapter two, and I hate that when you die, you lose 70% of the stuff you gathered. (laughs) That's just deadly. Because I need orbs of evolution, I need more sticks. Uh, So I've been going back and just playing against the Lich uh, in in chapter one. Uh, And so I was going to say, when you beat the Lich, you can keep going if you're doing well, keep going around the, the circuit. But what happens then is when you die, it gives you the same option. Oh, you died. If you retreat now, you'll lose 70% of your stuff, which about made me flip the table. 
because <laughs> I specifically played to kill the lich because I needed all of the loot to make buildings. I killed the lich and I kept playing and I got like two more loops in. And now, have you guys been in this situation? Do you know how it works? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. When you kill the lich, it gives you a little respawn. It gives you a, a basically the opportunity to, re to retreat and keep all your stuff. Right. That's which I did. Which I came so close to not seeing that because I was so mad. I just immediately assumed, wait, you're going to make me lose 70? I was, I, was, I, I was about to rage uninstall. But then I realized, oh, wait, I can click on this. Oh, good. I get to keep all my stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that came so close to making me. Oh, angry. that would have been so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, have you beat Chapter 2? I have not beaten Chapter 2. Okay, oh, okay. no, 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 wait, yes, Chapter 2, sorry, yes, yes. No, you yes. You, you beat the second boss, I haven't even reached the second yes. boss, alright. McMaster, how come Nick is so much better than we are at games? I'll be honest with you, boys, I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter, so, uh, That's I no excuse, know. I've been playing a lot of Project Cars 3, I, I still have time to level up my loop hero, McMaster. No, you don't. <laughs> You're stuck in that game. You're always you're Mr. Project Cars now. Uh, I did I did haul out the steering wheel, uh, and I thought about oh, hooking God. that. Oh. Because I was thinking of playing. Uh. Because I, I I'm gonna uninstall Forza by the way as soon as we finish this podcast. So I but I was thinking hey as long as I'm playing uh, another car PG and Project Car I might as well hook up the steering wheel. Uh, but I haven't actually gotten around to it. Look at Fancy Man with his wheel. Ooh. Yeah, oh not, yeah. It's not. It's not going to happen. I just. I don't. You have to retrain your muscle memory, basically. Like I. I'm so used to just flicking the stick to turn a little bit. Turning a wheel would feel. You know, when I drive somewhere in my real car, if I could drive my real car with a gamepad, I would. It would just feel mm -hmm. much more intuitive at this point. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if I would ride with you as often. <laughs> it would be horrifying. So terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting there like doing like flick, 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 like around a turn. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's like, yeah. It's I the flicking that. that would scare me a little bit. Yeah. Oh, because we would, we would feel that. <laughs> oh, I didn't right. make that turn right? That's all right. I can just hit rewind, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, Tom's like hammering on that LT button. Oh my God, that's another thing. I don't, like I. Who thinks it's a good idea to have rewinding in a racing game? I do rewind? not understand that. I do not get it. Oh come on! Oh, I didn't like that outcome. Eh, let me just rewind. <laughs> it, it does good. seem a little cheaty, doesn't it? I mean, the thing is, there's no like. It, there's. I guess there's a minor penalty to your credit rewards if you turn off rewinding. But I turned it off on principle. Like, I, don't, I just don't get – that's not uh, – whatever. Don't get, You know, Nick, let's talk about something that makes me less angry than uh, Forza Horizon 4, but not as angry as Loop Hero. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. What have you been playing besides these other games? Okay. I'm going to describe a game to you. Right? right? You yeah. tell me how interesting it sounds. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a survival crafter where you wake up on an island. McMaster's so in already. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested. Hey, yeah. So you, st you, start, you start with a tent and a sleeping bag and just the bare mm. minimum of, of, you know, what you need to have, right? right so then yeah, you got to gather sticks, you mm. gather rocks, and then you can make mm. tools, and then you use those tools to start chopping up trees and hitting boulders, right? Ugh, and then you gather clay, 
you gather more rock. Wait, wait, wait. You gather iron, right? Right. And then every now and then you'll you'll get recipes, right? Because as you as you as you keep going and you keep gathering stuff, you get recipes. And then you can craft like furniture items and mm. and right? And then more like like people, hold on, people can come to your island. You can share all this stuff, right? And so you can you can really get into the building on this. Now, remove all the survival aspects. <laughs> Wait, what them. about the zombies attacking? Yeah, no, there's no zombies. <laughs> remove okay, but I, I have to eat. Every single and... threat. <laughs> no, but I have to eat, right? Like I have to I have to find a source of fresh water, and I need food, right? Well, there there is water. There's rivers, yeah. But you you don't you don't have to eat or drink. You don't have to sleep. You don't why would I bother? What's cutting... the point of this game? <laughs> yeah, why would I bother cutting down a tree if I don't need to make something to help me survive? Because if you play your cards right, there are no cards in the game. But if you play your cards right, oh, crafting, right. building up the island, and doing everything you need to do, eventually you might be able to invite a purple cat to your island named Bob. Well, okay, it's the, it just got better, admittedly. <laughs> right. However, right. did Peter Molyneux come up with this? Oh, he wishes he could have come up with this. <laughs> oh. He wishes, my friend. So this is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, Who yeah, is right. Bob the Purple Cat? I knew about Tom Nook. Like, you, you're in hawk to him, right? Who's oh, Bob yes, the you're cat? always in hawk to Tom Nook. Tom Nook owns you. He owns you. Why oh, is yeah, a purple he cat coming to my island? He'd be, he's a cool guy. You, you could get Bob. You could get you could get Rhonda the rhinoceros oh. to come to your island. You could get sure. uh, Keaton the eagle, right? He's he's a he's a flashy little gent. He's got he's got blue feathers and he. Uh... Wait, are these challenges? Or are they coming <laughs> yeah, no, to like no, no. to and fight he, and he me? To... Uh, no, no, is no, this no, a no. threat, Nick? Are you threatening us? <laughs> there are no threats. Well, no. You know what? I should amend that. There are two threats in the game. There are wasps that can pop out of trees, Ew, and there so are spiders. There are tarantulas that can bite you. Uh, if oh. either of those happen, if the wasps sting you or the tarantulas bite you, uh, you well, you get a messed up face oh, until sure. the next day or until you take some medicine. Or and um, if you if it happens twice, you can uh, fall unconscious and then wake up uh, next to your house. Do you lose any progress or no? <laughs> no. But uh, I guess you lose geographic progress. You're back you, at home. Yeah, you you just yeah you get interrupted, which is which is the thing. So here's the here's the thing. I, I'm going to talk about one thing that everybody seems to love in Animal Crossing: New Horizons, and then I'm going to talk about one thing that everybody seems to hate. <laughs> All right, the one thing everybody seems to love in this version of the game, uh, and I think we're talking like 18 years in on this series, right? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an old been a while. So <clears throat> this newest version, the reason everyone loves it is because they finally unlocked as you kind of progress through the game. And there is sort of a light progression in the game. Uh, once you get to the part of the game where you uh, invite uh, K.K. Slider, the little little dog that plays uh, the guitar, yeah. right? If he shows up to your island, finally, right after your island looks good enough, basically, and is built up enough, uh, sure. you unlock the ability to terraform. So for the first time in an Animal Crossing game, you can actually mess with the actual land, the layout of your island. You can make cliffs, 
You can move rivers. You can make ponds and lakes. Um, Thank God. Yeah, you're, you can basically just flatten everything, or you can build it all up into this mountainy uh, kind of cliffside-looking uh, island. Uh, that is that is what has everyone excited this time is around. There... Because of course, uh, the internet being what the internet is, and the community being what they are, they've they figured out very clever hacks to, you know, use the terrain basically to build like dungeons and interior rooms and and all sorts of things that really the game designers probably didn't anticipate. <laughs> is this terraforming, does it feed into any kind of ecological system, or is it just stagnant geometry, like in, in a Minecraft level, or what? why would I want to terraform? Well, uh, that is... Um, so uh, the main uh, reason that people terraform, obviously, is for the cosmetic element of making their island just so. Uh, the way they'd like it to look. Uh, but the secondary reason to terraform is that specific fish or insects uh, will only spawn in certain areas, along with flowers. Flowers and okay. trees will only spawn in certain areas. So, And you collect these, you, right? Right, if you collect them, right? So if you want like a river fish uh, that only spawns near a waterfall... Uh, you know, closer to your village, then you would want to manipulate the river to to kind of move it closer to where you want to be. Could I just go to McMaster's Island with and fish in, near his waterfall? Yes, yes, you absolutely could. Which brings me to the thing everybody hates about Animal Crossing New Horizons, ah. which is yeah. uh, so you know, once again, we're talking Nintendo, so their multiplayer implementation is. Garbage? Awful. Yeah. It's terrible. What's wrong right. with it? I can I can go to McMaster's Island, right? You can go to McMaster's Island, but sure, yeah. so let's say you go to McMaster's Island, but you're not best friends. You're not super besties, right? Okay. I know you are. I know you are. Oh, but let's, yes. let's say you are not and you were just visiting his island. Okay. Uh, like maybe you have gone out to the community and you've set your little island dodo code and said, hey, people, come on over to my island because I want you to come over and enjoy the fishing or enjoy some event that's going on in my island. Mm -hmm. They come over to your island. Number one, uh, you as the island owner can't do anything really on your island now. Yeah. So people come over. You can't move anything. <laughs> you can't really dig anything <laughs> my house guests have locked me out of my own island yeah basically yeah. yeah you just have to sit around and i guess hold hands yeah and if you thought 47 seconds to get to your new car <laughs> was terrible i will tell you the worst thing that happens in Animal Crossing New Horizons is when you get the little green banner that goes across your screen to tell you someone Someone's is arriving arrived. to yeah. your island. <laughs> Close so your menu. Because whatever you're doing, if you're in the store, let's say, trying to buy something or you're trying to trade with somebody or whatever you're trying to do, you better close your menu. Because if you don't, there's a good chance you could fall unconscious and wake up at your airport <laughs> because that's how Animal Crossing New Horizons handles incoming people. It's a really good time. Yeah, it's terrible. So 
let's say once again, let's go back to the example of Jason throwing up his dodo code onto the internet because he wants Word. more people to come to his island, right? He's got uh, he's got a uh, meteor shower that day. Got a hell of an island, man. Right? Yeah, he's got a great island. He wants people to come on over. He's got KK Slider there for his concert every Sunday. Come on over. He opens up the dodo code. Every time someone comes to your island, and if it's a, if you're not careful, <laughs> you can wind up with this non-stop. Close on. Hey, hey, someone's coming to your island. Close, close your, yeah. close your wow. eyes. And here we go. Parade here's, of tears. Here's a, here's an animation, of of the airport. Like when you go to an airport, it's that little, you know, the little sign with the destination and the time arriving, right? The whatever, whatever that thing, the flips over and the little, there's a little graphic of the plane flying. Oh, it's beep, beep. It's coming in. It's coming down for it to say, okay, good. Finally, that person's on your island. Great. Now I can go over here and I can pick up my, ah, ding dong. Somebody's arriving to your island. Please close all your menus. Yeah, here's a plane flying over again. It's incessant. It's awful. It's hell. <laughs> Nick, what do I get if people come to my island? Like, why would I want people? Why would I want to subject myself to this living hell? They can get fruit or leave yeah, fruit. Yeah, because yeah. because that's the thing. That's the thing, right? You, when you create your island, you choose northern or southern hemisphere, uh, and then that limits <sighs> what you can have spawn on your island. McMaster, so, I need you to bring me some of your northern fruits. Right, right. Wow. So, for example, yeah, in, my island, dollar. <laughs> in my island, I start with uh, apples and cherries, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife, unfortunately, she started her island, and it's also apples and cherries. So <laughs> if we want oranges or peaches or whatever other fruit, we got to go online. we got to start hitting the wilds of the internet, right? I mean... And then, and then there's things like if your airport is – when you spawn, your airport is a certain color. So my airport is blue. That determines the color of a bunch of things on your island that you can get now. So, for example, the lighthouse that you can buy, it, it's a gray lighthouse. If I want the lighthouse with the blue and white stripes, I got to go to somebody else's island to buy that. And then bring it back to your island? Bring it back to my island. Yep. <laughs> that's not how lighthouses that's how li- work. No, that is exactly how lighthouses work. you got to right. go to an island that has one already. Buy the prefab you, lighthouse kit. <laughs> right, right. And then you pick it out, and then a salesman comes out to your house. <laughs> oh, no, it's even better, Jason. <laughs> they mail you your island. Oh, like yeah, obviously. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, mail yeah. your lighthouse to you. You, you just pick it up <laughs> in the mailbox. Oh, nice. Do it DIY. Um, Nick, the thing that I know about Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons is I think the conventional wisdom is that it benefited from being the correct alignment of software, hardware, and global pandemic. Pandemic, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Do you think I there's something to this? I think there is. I, I really do believe there is. I, I So I will say, obviously, Animal Crossing as a series is very popular. So it wasn't like it was some obscure, weird title that nobody was going to pick up on, right? Um, this isn't like Valheim, where it just came out of <laughs> came out of right field and everybody was like, "What? What is this?" Yeah. Uh, it, it, so I think it was going to be a success anyway, but this version it blew the doors off the sales. Like it, it was the 
number one out of the franchise for sales uh, this past year, and I think it's number five overall for Nintendo. So it, it was a monster hit. And I would say, yeah, it's it's probably a lot to do with uh, it's, you know, it's that right switch hardware. It's the pandemic, so everybody's locked in their homes. And then this is a game that if you want to forget about all the world's troubles, this is a game that is not going to uh, remind you of anything stressful. There's no pushback on it. Yeah, there's yeah. no pushback. There's yeah, you no talk about no friction in Forza. I mean, this is this is literally a no friction game. It sounds like that was my recollection too. Oh, uh, zero. Of the Animal zero, Crossing right. I've played. Like you yeah. mentioned, like Tom Nook, right? Well, one of the. I mean, it's it's an infamous meme, right? Is Tom Nook owns you because as oh, soon as you spawn on the island, right, you already owe him a debt. And I think it starts out with, you know, something easy like 50,000 bells. Bells are the in-game money. Um, so then, you know, you pay off your tent. He offers you a house. So then you go into further debt with him. Right? <laughs> you pay off the house and then he offers another room. And then, you know, the prices go up higher and higher and higher. And I think it. At this point, it's like if I want to add another room to my house, right? It's like a million and a quarter bells. Um, but coming to the non-friction side, right, is there's no time limit on when you yeah. have to pay this loan off, right? There's no interest adding up to it. It will just sit there. <laughs> you just, you know, it's basically if you don't pay it off, well, then you just don't get the opportunity to build another room in your house, um, oh, it's, so that, it's basically it, gating your progress. It's not right. it's not like a loan. OK, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it's just it's just there. It's just there until you pay it off. And really, the only advantage it confers is, you know, obviously to, it it gives you another room that you can decorate, which is super important uh, <laughs> as an Animal Crossing player. Right. You want to decorate your house the right way. Uh, and then the second thing, of course, is it, it expands your storage inventory. Um which, if you're playing Animal Crossing, well, then you're collecting. You're obviously going to be collecting a lot of in-game items, right? You're going to be collecting oh, and it bugs, limits. I collecting see. furniture. You're but you only have so many clothing. slots. Yeah, right. Sneaky. Oh, that is sneaky. sneaky. Right. And then, of course, right. what they've done this time around, too, is they've tied in... Uh, so previous Animal Crossings, there was some light crafting elements, but in this one, it's... I mean, they have leaned hard into crafting, right? Uh, with crafting your own furniture and uh, and the things you can do there, right? So there there is a lot of chopping wood from trees and a lot of you know hitting boulders with your shovel to get uh, you know the crafting resources, right? All that stuff that you would find in every other crafting game. Now. Nick, if I have not paid Nintendo the uh, whatever monthly rate for their Nintendo Club online support, and I play yeah. Animal Crossing New Horizons, and I'm on the Southern Hemisphere, whatever, and I need some of those Northern Hemisphere fruits like pineapples or whatnot, can I get those without paying Nintendo's monthly fee for online access? Sure, you can fly out in real life to somebody's house. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, is that true? Set up a local connection, and yeah, I mean they they have that way where, uh, you know, you can local connect, right? Without right, but I, I can't so like could... it's it's if it's if finishing a collection is based on online access to other players' islands, 
and I haven't paid that monthly fee for connectivity, like I can't then access New Horizons online support. Like I, I can't go to Masters Island. Is that what you're telling oh, me? Oh no, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah, you will not be going to McMaster's Island uh, unless you have that internet access to be able to. And it's a real nice island. Now I want to I want to play Animal Crossing New Horizons just so I can be outraged about this. Yeah, a lot a lot of what people do a lot of what people do. So for example, if it was a husband and wife, like in my situation, a lot of what people who are in the know and I didn't know this, so we didn't do it. But if you're in the know, right, you go okay. I will create my island in the Northern Hemisphere, and you, honey, you create your island in the Southern Hemisphere, right? And then, <laughs> and then that would that would that would kind of give you that leg up because then you, you know, can you can share I, fruit at that point. Right. I, I assumed Nick when I heard about this that its success being attributed to the pandemic and, and social isolation and all, uh, and people turning to multiplayer support. I assumed this meant that Nintendo had finally figured out how to do seamless, convenient... Oh, uh, no. 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 Wow. Wow. No, no, no. Right. no, no. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess... I guess the... the... the the one area, right, where Nintendo gets a leg up on everybody else is they get to say, look, our, our online subscription thing is 20 bucks a year. Yeah. Right? It's 20 bucks a year. We don't offer a lot with that, right? I think you get... Like access to like NES classics and Super Nintendo classic right. games. They're they're not great though. Um, oh yeah, they think, don't offer a lot with it. Now. They don't offer a lot. Like there's there's some right Tetris 99 or whatever, and there's there's like some weird Mario 35th anniversary thing. It's like an online rigmarole leaderboard kind of thing, which uh, you'd probably like, Tom, honestly, because it's got the leaderboard. But. Yeah, <laughs> But it's yeah, it's, it, their online service really is—it's uh, just a multiplayer tax. It really is. They yep. don't—they right. don't really offer much else. So, um, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you want to trade, and you will want to trade if you're playing right. Animal Crossing, then you're gonna pay the twenty bucks. Right. Uh, I don't think there's any danger of me playing Animal Crossing. Though. You know, my biggest issue with that game, Tom, is... it has fishing. Is that... Yeah, but so does every other game. I yeah, Stardew Valley has fishing. Stardew Valley has fishing, and it's fun. Uh, so the uh, my biggest issue with that game is I bought it, and um, well, that is my biggest issue. My second biggest issue with it is that uh, Sarah and I we we share a Switch, um, so I you know I thought oh cool Sarah can have her own little thing or whatever. So I set up an island and stuff, and, you know, I played a little bit, and I just gave it to her. Well, eventually, we discovered that you can't have your own island. You have to use someone else's island if you're the second player on it. And, on top of that, you can't do anything right. if it's not your island. Like, you cannot change anything if you're not the first player. So she just basically had to delete everything we had because she couldn't actually play the game. She, you know, she would have to have played under my account, and that's just such a. Kind of, I think it's just kind of stupid. It's I think a it's dick like move a, is what a, it is. Yeah, it's like a real you, silly like. It's a way to sell games. Is all it is. It's yeah, like it very much is. Yeah, it feels kids. like that. Right, because like imagine you're a parent. You have some, you know, like, yeah. oh god, yay, we got this, you know, new 
freaking boobity boobity or whatever the hell it is. And it's like the kids, you know, they, they all want to play their own game. So, you know, you, you get it for one of them and then, oh, awesome. My other kid can't play it. Now they're all upset and I have to buy another copy of this game. So it's just kind of, I don't know, that, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Do other Nintendo games work that way on the Switch? Because whenever I boot up my Switch, I have to log into my profile. And I, I just assumed that that was because the Switch was designed so that oh, yeah, one no. game would work for multiple profiles. Yeah, it's supposed to. Yeah, that's the way it works with almost all the other games. I, I yeah, have not they're... run into another game that does what this does. Wow. It, it really is a weird... It's a. I don't know if it was purposeful or not. I, I don't know if that's that weird Nintendo safety thing. I I, I can't imagine because it it doesn't matter if you're on the same Switch, right? Like you would think. Right. No. We all a, friends and family, right? <laughs> right. It's weird. Yeah, it's money. That's all it is. Yeah, they it's just, really weird. It's a weird. They one. wanted oh. to find a way to charge people to buy toys. I, I will say one of the so one of the other things that. I don't really have an opinion on it right now, but I could definitely see opinion <laughs> on it later is uh, so if you play Animal Crossing, one of the things that, you know, everybody knows about Animal Crossing is uh, the special events on particular days. Right. Right. Um, so, for example, uh, right now, if you go into like the Nook shopping thing that's on the island, uh, there's an opportunity to buy like Shamrock themed clothing right because hey saint patty's day is coming up uh and there's also mario themed stuff in there because uh 35th anniversary of you know super mario or whatever um so that's all cool right everybody knows this stuff if you know december 25th it's christmas right you got christmas stuff in there valentine's day you had valentine stuff halloween you got halloween stuff etc and there's a whole bunch of other holidays and special events uh one of the tried and true things that people used to do is you know set their system clock for yeah. a specific date so they could go forward in time and get those items right uh well what nintendo has done this time around <laughs> is uh you don't so periodically i'd say maybe um every month or couple months they do an update right to the game the update actually cycles out this stuff right, right. so a couple weeks ago is when they added the shamrock stuff and the mario theme stuff so if you wanted to time travel let's say in december to now to get your shamrock stuff early that was not possible until they updated the game i'm not surprised so, i mean yeah sure right yeah. so one of the questions that a lot of the animal crossing community has is so yeah let's let's think like four or five years down the road is is anybody going to be updating this game right is there going to happen yeah <laughs> That's a valid question. It is. It's a games as a service kind of thing. So. Yeah. What's gonna happen, right? I mean, is it just yeah? Huh? Sol, buddy. Sorry, you missed all the Christmas stuff. Yeah. Would you guys be on board with me if I were to call into question whether this is even a game? No. Yeah. I'm. No. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Okay. See, that's that's the other <laughs> thing about Animal Crossing that I'm not a huge fan of is that since the last time I played and enjoyed an Animal Crossing, I've played stuff like Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon and all these other games like that that do 
similar stuff, but there's an actual kind of like point to it other than just a social simulation. And uh, it just, it just not, just doesn't do it for me anymore. And that I discovered that quickly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Animal Crossing doesn't even, really doesn't even give you the social sim part of it either. There's no, no, (laughs) there's really no pleasing or displeasing anybody on your island other than you can ignore them. And if you ignore them for long enough, they'll eventually ask to leave your island. But you can, you know, you're you're the owner of the island, so you can you can tell Rhonda the rhinoceros, nah, you're not leaving. You are stuck <laughs> here. <laughs> right, Rhonda. Sorry, Rhonda. And you know what? I'm not I'm never gonna talk to you. You're just gonna exist. On Could my I imprison with Master's Avatar on my island? I don't think so, no. 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 The internet connection thing would stop you. Yeah. What I if I like could. hacked into your internet connection, Master? Like then I could lock you on my Animal Crossing island. Uh, as long as, as Nintendo's incredibly um, robust networking holds up, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that'll work fine. All right. Uh. <laughs> so Nick, what possessed you to want to talk about Animal Crossing instead of Sniper, Ghost Warrior, Contract Hero? What, or whatever the <laughs> Sniper game was. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about Sniper, Ghost Warrior 3, and contrast it with Sniper, Ghost Warrior Contracts, and then I realized, no hey, you know cares. what, it's just, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, contra- is, is it just, Contracts ah. 2 out in like a month or something? Contracts 2 is coming out in a month. I, I was yeah. playing Ghost Warrior 3 and Contracts, uh, just sort of looking at the difference in them and then wondering, oh, you know what's it going to be when two comes out and i can check that out but then i thought i, I don't really care at this point i just bleh. i'm actually looking forward to contract like i like that uh contracts was trying to be an action-oriented take on the hitman formula um i mean i, I like yeah. how they're kind of leaning into that and i'm, I'm curious to see them develop it a little well, bit better than it was in contracts well, that's the problem. Is like that is a cool idea, and I like that they're trying to do it, but it was just so poorly realized. Yeah, it was a little, I guess, janky is the word. I, I was, yeah, there's there's some jank in there, definitely. It's a little yeah. janky, yeah. I mean, the 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 one thing I think everybody, well, most people appreciated, right, is that they took all that weird Ubi stuff out of the game, right? That they put in for three. Uh, and then they took it all out for contracts because they realized, oh, okay, we don't. That's not really our thing. We don't right. know what we're doing. <laughs> but I felt like in, so. in doing that, they were they were instead trying to mimic uh, Hitman, which I think is a good idea. Is a better idea oh. than the Ubi stuff oh, yeah. that they did with yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. That's I, I certainly think, the trail to go down. Yeah, I think my issue though with contracts is, as much as I like it better than three, when I play contracts, I felt like. Well, if I want really good sniping action, I should just be playing Sniper Elite 4. Right, right. Yeah, or yes. if I want the assassination, you know, the the weird kind of, you know, dominoes type stuff, then I should just go play Hitman. And I, yeah. I'm hoping what we'll get in Contracts 2 is, because there's some decent character progression in Contracts that I just feel the problem with it is it's too spaced out. Like, it, there, there are... You earn character progression tokens, but you can only spend them after doing a whole map through these multiple weird checkpoints. Um, so I'm hoping they lean more into the character progression stuff in the context of 
a Hitman-style game using some of the Elite Sniper gameplay, maybe polished up more. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Contracts too, quite a bit. Oh, man. I am expecting a palette and setting swap, and that's it. No, don't say that. That is that is all I am expecting at this point. <laughs> Why would you I haven't say seen, such I, a thing? I haven't watched any previews. I just, that's all I think they're okay. going to I mean, I just think of the the dramatic change from three to contracts. Maybe I'm expecting a little bit too much, but I'm hoping contracts two might have some of that dramatic change as well. But you're probably right. Yeah, just a new big level. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? We'll see. When uh, is it really out in a month? I, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think it's right around the corner. All right. Well, and also uh, I understand, McMaster. There's some new uh, monster hunting boondoggle coming out that you care about. Yeah, Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, the demo yeah. came out today, so I'm gonna go join Cathcart here in a minute for the and, Switch, so you can you can yeah. get a leg up on when the actual game is. Out. Right, right. Uh, yeah, trust me. Trust me. That's usually my sentiment. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've played a lot of Monster Hunters on consoles, and then eventually, or a lot of games on console, and then eventually switched to computer. Uh, McMaster, have fun with those load times. Oh, I will. Trust <laughs> me. I'm gonna Oof. miss handling me. Yeah, it's it's not great. All right, well, yeah. we will be back in about three weeks, uh, and we'll bring three new games to talk about. I'm guessing Monster Hunter Rise will be one of them, and uh, maybe the mm-hmm. Contracts game will be out by then. We'll see. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster, Nick Diamond, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>